There's still almost a full day between now and game two of the first round of the Western Conference playoffs between the Golden State Warriors and Sacramento Kings. And there's just so much to dissect beyond what Hall of Famer Rick Barry and I covered on last night's postgame show. So I'm going to play some sound. I'm going to break down why the Warriors lost and the good news of why the Warriors should recover and take care of business in game two and then moving forward for the rest of the series, hopefully win the series and move on to the next round. It's a impromptu Sunday episode, live episode. If any of you want to jump in with chat questions, I will answer it. And if you're listening to the or watching the recorded version, thank you for joining us. This is Locked On Warriors. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And if you're trying to go to Game 2 uh, at Golden 1 Center in downtown Sacramento, I think Game Time would be the way to go. Dub Nation, more representation is needed in downtown Sacramento. That arena was rocking with Kings fans. The barrier is just miles away. Would be nice to get some more representation there. Cody, what is up? Ty Burke. Uh, yes, if there's a positive, uh, yes, that Anthony Lamb did not play. Thank goodness. But the Warriors nonetheless lost that game. Uh, and there were a few things that were particularly alarming. Uh, I first want to highlight where everything went wrong because uh, I literally went through the entire game, uh, watched the whole thing again, uh, and one sequence really stuck out in terms of where everything went wrong, and that was the third quarter. Uh, the Golden State Warriors were a team that not too long ago represented domination in the third quarter. I brought this up with Rick Barry yesterday. I can't remember if it was on Locked On Warriors or if it was on the Rick Barry Show, which, by the way, a new episode is coming in just moments, the same one we did last night, but the recorded version is not available publicly until now. Right after the show, it's going to be uploaded, so make sure you check that out. Uh, always love the feedback from Hall of Famer Rick Barry. He is brilliant, uh, especially when it comes to the game of basketball, and I always listen to him. I oftentimes run my ideas through him just to make sure I am sane in what I'm talking about. Um, and yes, Cody, I 100% agree with you who writes in the chat, Kaminga needs to play more wholeheartedly agree. Uh, and it's not just his athleticism. It's not just his shot creation skills. Um, it's not just his vastly improved defense that the team needs. It's their height. It's his height. He's 6'8". This Warriors team is small. And when you compare what Mike Brown did in game one versus what Steve Kerr did in game one, Mike Brown just basically won with the players that he knew would make a difference. He reacted on the fly. He played who would actually be effective. Alex Len, for example, a player who's not a great big by any means, but he played 13 minutes in that game last night, and he impacted it. He was plus 10 in the plus minus, grabbed seven rebounds, including two of those 17 offensive rebounds that the Kings grabbed. And Steve Kerr, meanwhile, did not make any adjustments to counter that. Jonathan Kaminga needs to play more. Uh, Lettuce Prays in the chat, and Lettuce writes, I was at the game. All right, the loudest game experience uh, you've ever experienced. Kevin Dana was there too. That's good to know. Uh, and Dana's going to join the show next week. Uh, I'm, I'm hopefully going to have him for 
post game of game three, uh, since Kylan Mills is only going to be available for Monday's post game show. Um, but the, the sequence that really alarmed me, and I want to start the show with that. I'm going to play a lot of sound as well. But in the third quarter, the Warriors went into the half with uh, a 61-55 lead. And for much of the third quarter, they played great. They actually expanded on that lead. Uh, they took a 10-point lead. Um, and I started documenting what was going on in that third quarter. Um, at the 10-17 mark of the third quarter, Kevon Looney made a layup that increased the Warriors' lead to 67-57. The Warriors were rolling. Unfortunately, it was at that moment when De'Aaron Fox decided he was going to take over this game. <clears throat> at the ten, Shortly after that 10-17 mark, De'Aaron Fox grabbed one of the Sacramento Kings' 17 offensive rebounds. This was at the 940 mark. He grabbed the offensive rebound. First of all, De'Aaron Fox, of all people, should not be grabbing offensive rebounds. That represents a collapse in just basic fundamentals of boxing out, of finding every player on the other team and making sure they don't have clear access to the rim. No one did that for De'Aaron Fox. He grabs the offensive rebound, makes the putback. Following that, he made... Four straight buckets and a pair of free throws uh, in this sequence, and it cut the lead from 10 to 4. And this whole time, the moment I saw uh, De'Aaron Fox make that first basket, that, that grabbed that offensive rebound and that putback, and, and look, I, what good is Twitter, right? I mean, it's just mostly a place where people bitch and want to be heard. But I was on there, and, and, and uh, you know, and you can follow me on Twitter at DogSurfRocho, and my immediate reaction was, get GP2 in this game right now. Uh, Steve Kerr waited another two and a half minutes before finally uh, bringing GP2 in at the 717 mark. And a lead that had been whittled down to four went back up to 10. The Warriors were rolling. Uh, Kerr, Kerr had what I thought was an awesome lineup out there that had Steph. It was small, but it was effective because you had Steph. And then you had DiVincenzo and Gary Payne II out there together. That was phenomenal. I mean, I would love to see those two play more minutes together. Uh, it was effective. The Warriors brought their lead back up to 10. Um, Andrew Wiggins came in for Dante DiVincenzo early in that sequence, but that was fine. Uh, it wasn't a drop-off by any means. Wiggins was, I think, doing a, a decent job defensively, um, even though you could obviously tell his legs were uh, not under him like they normally are, as evident by that last shot uh, that he missed, the three that he should, in my opinion, have never taken. Uh, I, I I don't agree with Wiggins being in the game at the end. I mean, if you're not going to start him because of rust, why are you fit having him finish the game when he's going to be obviously much more exhausted by that point? Uh, you know, so that didn't make sense. Andrew Wiggins uh, going for an open three-point shot. Great look, but you you're only down by one. You only needed a two. He could have attacked the rim, could have gotten an easy bucket either by attacking himself or drawing the defenders and then making a simple pass to the wide open cutter. But, you know, Wiggins went for the three. You can't take that back, and it happened. But the problem is what really uh, led to things going south in that third quarter, because, again, the Warriors were up by 10, is that Steve Kerr, while, while Stephen Curry was on an absolute roll, took Stephen Curry out of the game. Uh, and, and this was about two, three minutes remaining. I I, I, I forgot to document the time uh, that Kerr took, um, that Kerr took uh, uh, Stephen Curry out of the game. Um, here, I'm finding it right now just because it, it is important. Um, so Stephen Curry was taken out of the game. Darn it, I cannot find that. But I just, all I know is it was, oh, here it is. At the 218 mark, Kerr uh, uh, took Stephen Curry out and replaced him with Clay Thompson. And that's when it all went downhill. The lead had been dropped to eight, but the Warriors were still in complete control. And then immediately, 
after Stephen Curry comes out and Clay Thompson comes in. And side note, Clay Thompson did not have a good game. There was one sequence where he turned the ball over because he had his back turned to, I believe, Dante DiVincenzo, not even looking for the pass. I don't know what he was doing there. Um, but nonetheless, Clay and his and the box score. Uh, again, nothing to write home about. Clay Thompson finished the game with 21 points, but he led the team in plus-minus with minus 14. Not the way you want to lead your team. Uh, he was only 5 for 14 from beyond the arc. He did grab six rebounds. He did have five assists, but he also had zero free-throw attempts, um, had one turnover, missed a lot of crucial shots. And again, when, you, when the Warriors subbed out Stephen Curry for Clay, that is when the, 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 every, the, the, the rock was rolled off the top of the mountain and everything started steamrolling, going wrong for the Golden State Warriors. Um, and when the substitution happened, and I think this, and the moment was very clear, I think to anyone who watched the game, especially if you're a Warriors fan or probably a Kings fan, Andrew Wiggins was at the free throw line and Kerr pulls Steph out of the game, brings, brings uh, Clay back in the game. Again, in a moment where if Wiggins makes his two free throws, the Warriors are up by 10 again, Stephen Curry is killing them, but instead he pulls Steph out, brings Clay in, Wiggins misses both of his free throws, and that is when uh, uh, the trio of Warriors killers on that Kings roster, Trey Lyles, who seems to always uh, play well against the Golden State Warriors, and that and credit to Mike Brown for being cognizant enough to play him, right? I feel like there are players on the Warriors roster that could that could have probably come in and made a similar difference. I'm thinking again of Jonathan Kaminga, who only played 9 minutes, 45 seconds. I'm thinking of Jermichael Green, who at least gives you height on a team that is diminutive. He is 6'9", got a DNP. Moses Moody, who played fantastic the last three games. Even though he's 6'5", he also has a 7'1 wingspan, which causes problems for opposing players trying to drive on him, trying to shoot over him. But whereas Mike Brown was playing exactly the players that he should have been playing, Kerr was not. And so we saw Trey Lyles start to eat the Warriors up. We saw De'Aaron Fox continue on his role. And then we also saw Malik Monk, who ended up with 32 points in this game. 32 points off the bench for Malik Monk. That is far more, not far more, but that's more than anyone on the Warriors. Stephen Curry led the Warriors in scoring with 30. So, and it all went downhill from there. So one of the many things I'm hoping for is that Steve Kerr is aware of the fact that he needs to be more flexible with his rotation patterns and he needs to adjust accordingly and not go by a script. Uh, I guarantee he took step out because he had his script. He had his, his whatever his plan is. Uh, we're going to get him out at this point. We're going to bring him in at this point. But that's not reactionary to what is going on live in the game. And not to mention in the postseason where every game matters, obviously, Stephen Curry with 37 minutes leading the Warriors in, in, in total minutes could have played a few more or leave him in there for the entirety of the third and then and then take him out. I, I don't again, that, that was just a, a poor decision by Steve Kerr to let the Kings get back into this game because again, the Warriors were leading by 10 and, and a huge fault again, taking Stephen Curry out when he shouldn't have, leaving Wiggins and giving Wiggins. 28 minutes in this game, even though he had a he had a, a, a solid game. He was 7 for 16 from the field. That would have been much better uh, if he wasn't taking so many three-pointers because he was only 1 for 8 from beyond the arc. Uh, Wiggins did finish with 17 points, but you also saw him fatiguing near the end there. And and why he was in the game to finish, that is beyond me. Uh, now, now, look, the good news is hopefully Wiggins, with the experience, with the reps from this game, will look better, will be better conditioned, will have his rhythm uh, more in cue. Uh, for game two, but um, 
that that was just that is that's just where it all went down south and and i had to kind of replay that moment and, and you know raise awareness of the fact that in game two steve kerr needs to make those adjustments faster uh more efficiently and just prevent other teams from kind of just going off and 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 making the game uh, completely one-sided, which is what De'Aaron Fox and the Kings ultimately did. Uh, when I come back, I'm going to play some sound uh, from the game. There was a lot of it. Draymond Green actually was on his podcast today, uh, said a couple of interesting things. I have those quips as well. Uh, I'm going to take a look at the chat in just a moment, see uh, if, there, if there are any questions that you'd like me to answer. But first, I got to give love to Game Time. And look, there's someone in the chat right now that said uh, they were at the game. Anyone in Dub Nation can also attend these games. It's just a 90-minute drive. I say just. I know there's a ton of traffic when you're driving through Vacaville and, and Fairfield. Um, but still, it's not that far away. It's downtown SAC. Dub Nation. Download the Game Time app. You can find tickets there. I understand it's a stressful experience sometimes, but you can literally browse through the Game Time app, find that Warriors-Kings game too, buy some tickets, take the kids, take the family, or take your friends who love to drink so they're going to be louder and, and crazier and diminish maybe just a little bit that incredible home court advantage at Golden One Center. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and then use the code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. So I know those tickets are expensive at Golden One Center. Use the Game Time app. You save 20 bucks. Better than nothing. The 20 bucks might get you, might get you a beer. <laughs> Terms apply. Again, create an account. And redeem the code locked on for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price. I forgot to mention the guarantee as well. If you buy your tickets from game time, then find a lower price ticket somewhere else, they will match and make up the difference. Guaranteed. That alone makes it work it worth it. So use game time, download that game time app right there, and represent the Golden State Warriors. They need it. We all need it. Go be a hero, folks. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get tickets. Um, yeah, uh, the real Durrell writes that, uh, Golden State has to keep playing Sabonis physical. They, uh, they handled Sabonis. I mean, the strategy to minimize, uh, DeMontis Sabonis was fantastic. Um, Sabonis finished with 12 points, did have 16 rebounds, did have five of those 17 offensive rebounds that the Kings absolutely slaughtered the Warriors with. And a lot of that just comes down to the Warriors, again, being a microscopic small team. When you look at the starting lineup, for example, the, the, the Warriors starting lineup was Steph, Clay, Kevon Looney, Draymond Green, Dante DiVincenzo. DiVincenzo's 6'4". Clay, Steph Curry is 6'3". Draymond Green is 6'5", 6'6", with shoes. So your, your two biggest players in that starting lineup are Clay Thompson at 6'7", who is a shooting guard, and then Kevon Looney. You're pretty much your only natural center that you have on the roster. Your four bench players you went with. Gary Payne II is 6'2", 6'3". Andrew Wiggins is 6'7". Jordan Poole is 6'4". Jonathan Kaminga, who should have been playing more because he's the only other player that's on the postseason roster that at least indicative of game one, we can base that on, who has any decent height besides Kevon Looney, coming is 6'8", and we only saw him for nine minutes, 45 seconds. So how do you how do you manage that? A, 
Give Kaminga more minutes. And when I say manage that, meaning how do you make it so that the Warriors are not a tiny Mickey Mouse team out there? A, give Jonathan Kaminga not just more minutes, much more minutes. It was not an anomaly that in the regular season this year, from January 1st on, which represents the majority of this NBA season, Jonathan Kaminga, when he plays 25 minutes or more, the Warriors win over 70% of their games. Good things happen when Kaminga plays. I want more than 9 minutes, 45 seconds from a player that Steve Kerr trusted enough to start in Memphis last year. And yet now, the next year, following I thought was a great season, Kaminga only gets 9 minutes, 45 seconds. Even if he looks rattled out there early on. Some people were saying that. I always hear on social media from from body language experts that uh and i'm being facetious saying that obviously that kaminga looks anxious out there he looks afraid even if that's true face your fears make him face it and play through that anxiety make him play through that fear let him get the, the, the those shivers whatever you want to call it out of his system he's too good of a player to, to have just sit on the bench and rot away with at, at a 6-8 size with that athleticism, Kaminga has to play. And then maybe go to your bench and give Jamichael Green, a player that was one of your coveted offseason free agents, give him five minutes, give him 10 minutes, give him something. I think he can match up with Len, okay? I don't think you're losing out when Alex Len is out there as the counter to Jamichael Green, okay? you're It's an even wash at worst. At best, Jamichael Green is a better player than Alex Len. So at least get some size out there so that Len is not killing the Warriors on the boards uh, like he did in last night's game in 12 minutes, 55 seconds. He grabbed seven rebounds in, in less than 13 minutes. So the Warriors have to do something about that. And, and there isn't much size on the roster to begin with. You're not going to see Patrick Baldwin Jr. likely play, even though... Uh, last year, we did see uh, both Kaminga and Moody play some time uh, as rookies. I highly doubt we're going to see Patrick Baldwin Jr. play this year. So that means if you want size, if you if you don't want to be this tiny team out there getting crushed, give Kaminga more minutes. Let Moses Moody play a little bit. Even Again, even though he's 6'5", he has a 7'1 wingspan, and that 6'5 height makes him one of the bigger players on this Warriors roster. It's crazy that I'm even saying that. But I do think Jermichael Green, if the Kings are going to be giving players like Alex Len 10, 15 minutes, you're not hurting yourself having Jermichael Green out there just to give you a little more size. Otherwise, you are a tiny team and you're getting crushed. Um, I want to quickly play. Uh, uh, I want to play one soundbite. Um, and thank you. I, I know I'm dude, the Warriors pump me up. It's just, the Warriors, I, this, I, there's very little else in my life that I just that I care about, I guess, in this team. And, you know, maybe you could blame uh, my upbringing for that. I don't know. But yeah, I look, the Warriors are my team. I love them. And um, I'm in this really fortunate position where I have a platform to talk about them, despite loving them. Um, and, you know, and I'll criticize them when it's due. You've heard me do that plenty, but also am happy as you know what, when they actually win and succeed. Uh, I want to play this soundbite real quick of Draymond Green. Uh, he was he was asked in the post-game press conference, um, what he thought about De'Aaron Fox uh, and and more specifically his impact on the game and maybe what the Warriors need to do to stop him. So here's Draymond Green. Draymond, that fourth quarter was a lot of fire both ways going. What do you think of just the way it went out the fourth and how it ended and what, what the Kings were able to do and kind of holding you guys off? Uh, I think they did good. You know, they got the win. Um, we'd like to not see foul, you know, called there. Um, you know, it's... 
physical game. It's been physical the whole time, you know. Uh, but that's not why we lost the game. You know, they they made plays down the stretch. Uh, they got to the free throw line, and um, you know, we missed a couple shots that we'll make. All right, there we go. And again, uh, Rick last night, he, he, he always complains about uh, people using the the allegory of of a player uh, looking like he's running, he's going downhill, which is utterly not true on a physical basis. Um, but nonetheless, that's what Draymond Green said about De'Aaron Fox, who completely lit up the Warriors. Um, in case you didn't see the actual box score of what Fox did. First of all, De'Aaron Fox played over 40 minutes. Uh, the player that's supposed to be shutting him down, the player that's supposed to be making life difficult for him, Gary Payne II played half that. He played 20 minutes. So that is one of many adjustments that I think Steve Kerr needs to make. Start giving GP2 more of a run. Um, as long as De'Aaron Fox is out there uh, causing havoc like he's doing, why not have your best defender, a player you gave up your former second number two pick for, Gary Payne II, a player who was pivotal in your world championship last year, why not give him more of a run? Uh, 20 minutes, I just don't think was enough. And if you're asking yourself or asking me, where do you get those minutes from? Clay Thompson. Does Clay Thompson need to play 37 minutes? Why not make it 32 on a night like this where you could tell that he's not his normal self, that he's not a, a, a smoking hot shooter? Why not just make him play 32 instead of 37? Bam. GP2 is now playing 25 minutes instead of 20. Andrew Wiggins in his first game back played 28 minutes. He hadn't played since before the All-Star game. You couldn't have made that 20 and had Gary Payne II get another eight minutes there. All of a sudden, Gary Payne II, just from those two minor adjustments I just presented, could play 33 minutes in last night's game. That is how simple it is to find minutes for players. Again, but for some reason, uh, you know, I'm not the coach of this team, obviously. When we come back, I'm going to play some more sound. Uh, first, got to give some love to prize picks. Oh, this is the, they're one of my favorite. Uh, and I'm also going to ask real quick, let me just uh, address one question here. Um, and, and it was all about uh, it, Co uh, Cody Schneck Snyder. I, I did I pronounce it right? Schneck Snyder wrote that 80% uh, of the Kings' offense was Darren Fox or Malik Monk. And Malik Monk, I'm glad Draymond Green has called him. And I'm going to play some sound from Draymond from his podcast today uh, talking about Malik Monk because he attributed Monk as being much more concerning with those 32 points than De'Aaron Fox was uh, with, uh, what did Fox have total? He had 38 points uh, to go along with five assists. So I'm going to play that sound in a moment. But, I mean, look, besides obvious fundamentals, which is staying in front of, of your defender, don't be a damn traffic cone. Um, I think you have to play your best defensive players. As I mentioned in the third quarter, the Warriors for a brief moment there had a lineup that had both Gary Payne II and Dante DiVincenzo. That is awesome. You're going to be, if, if you routinely play those two together, Fox, Monk, anyone else, they're not flying to the rim unimpeded like they were last night. So that's one suggestion. But I, you know, ultimately, I think it's just part of the reason why you have guys like that open too is because of the warrior size. And this is where getting bigger helps as well. When you're a small team, oftentimes, in the way the Warriors play defense, they play what's called defense on a string, right? Where they're a switch-happy defense. Um, they oftentimes don't get burned because they switch with players who can defend almost all five positions. The problem with that strategy, though, is when you're a really small team and you get mismatches down low, you have to bring help defense. You have to double. And the Warriors did that a lot in last night's game. And the problem is when that help defense comes, if the other team is really smart, like what the Kings are, they're going to be cutting all day to the basket. And you're going to get open passes. You're going to get assists. You're going to get easy baskets. So one solution to that, 
play bigger players so that you don't need that help defense coming consistently. And on top of that, play players who can legitimately play good defense. And, and again, that's where D, you have Dante DiVincenzo. You have Gary Payne the second. Um, play them more. You know, play them together. I don't mind that. But that's just one of the reasons. I, there's no easy answer for that overall. Um, but I got to give some loving into prize picks. Let me get that. Uh, give me, let me get that overlay here real quick. Uh, prize picks. And I love talking to Rick about that. Could you imagine if prize picks existed uh, in the 70s? Like, who would be the players you'd be betting on? I feel like Artis Gilmore would be a monster when it comes to rebounding and blocks. Uh, I know the Celtics had a bunch of good players. I would have bet money on Rick all day, every day. But And, and one of the beautiful things, if you folks are, for any of you folks that are in California, because when I do the FanDuel reads, I, I all I want to do is play FanDuel. But here in California, it's still legal. Price Picks is not illegal. Um, and on top of that, Price Picks is super safe and efficient when it comes to payouts. Um, you don't have to deal with sketchy wire services. Uh, you deposit your money safely. You get your money out safely. The whole premise um, in case you're unfamiliar with prize picks, is you're betting on individual players. As I'm recording this right now, the Suns and the Clippers are playing. You could have bet on Kevin Durant and an over-under of how many points he's going to score. Probably 25. Uh, and Kawhi Leonard is another player you could bet on. Is he going to score more or less than 28 points, for example? That's the premise of prize picks. It's over-unders. It's individuals. It's not just points. It's rebounds. It's assists. And it's not just basketball. You can literally pick one player from the NBA and one player from Major League Baseball. Download the Price Pick app, Price Picks app, or go to PricePicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code Locked On. If you deposit $100, bucks, Price Picks will give you 100 bucks. If you deposit 50 bucks, they'll still give you 50 bucks. Whatever you put in there, they will match for your first time deposit. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match of up to $100. You are locked on Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. Everydayers, that's the term that we hear Locked On referring to our hardcore passionate fans who literally watch us every day that we upload a show. Um, tomorrow, Kylan Mills will join me post-game for game two, and then she's off uh, on vacation. Uh, I think it's like a bachelorette party or something like that. So Kylan will be with me tomorrow and hopefully it'll be a much more upbeat and celebratory show uh as the warriors i'm hoping make the adjustments necessary you know what? it's not just that i'm hoping i am immensely confident that the golden state warriors uh are going uh to win tomorrow's game game two i'm immensely confident in that if the warriors lose game two start preparing for the end of the dynasty all right I, that's that's how big that game is if the warriors lose game two yeah, panic mode, panic button. Do 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 first time since I've ever hosted this show, I will be pressing that panic button. But I'm also incredibly confident that the Warriors can still pull off game two. Uh, I saw enough in there to be confident about it. Um, what, P, uh, PKTSDC, my other was so G Martinez, uh, writes, I want to race with, with me surfing-wise. Uh, could you elaborate on that? I don't know. I've never raced with someone when it comes to surfing. Uh, I don't know what that, that, that means. Um, Ty Burke, uh, I agree with what you just wrote right now, that that was the King's best punch. Um, why don't we hear uh, uh, from Steve Kerr, the head coach of the Golden State Warriors, an individual who I think was out-coached in game one. But look, he's won four titles. 
He has nine uh, uh, rings to his name, both as a player and a head coach. The man knows about winning in the postseason. So why don't we hear uh, from Steve Kerr on why he remains optimistic about his Golden State Warriors team? We'll we'll look at the tape and uh, see if there's something we want to do differently. But, you know, all in all, um, to come out here, um, 10-point lead in the in the. Second half, um, did plenty of good things, had a chance to win at the end. Um, I think we're in a pretty good place, but, um, you know, we just couldn't complete the game tonight, but um, seven-game series, so we'll bounce back. Yeah, exactly. Um, And just, and don't forget, it's, it's, sometimes Kerr's a little slow in making the adjustments that are necessary. Case in point, last year's NBA Finals, uh, in case you folks forgot, uh, GP2, uh, who had broken his arm uh, two rounds earlier by Dylan Brooks, he was ready to go and play. Uh, Steve Kerr opted not to play him in game one. Warriors lose. He made the adjustment. All of a sudden, GP2 was playing big minutes and not big minutes, but by his standards coming off that injury, it was big minutes. And it made a huge difference. The Warriors won game two. Uh, and then, of, of course, how can you forget game four, Steph, uh, the stuff of legends. The, so that was the kind of performance you'll be watching when you're old on a 30 by 30 or whatever is on TV or whatever however way we consume media in, in, in the future. Um, but that was the stuff of legends. So what phenomenal memories. Um, Jenga writes, where's Kylan? She's going to be joining me for post game tomorrow night uh, for game two. This was a very impromptu show that I decided last minute to do just because there was too much to talk about that I did not touch on uh, last night. One thing that I, that I was really happy about uh, in terms of what I heard um, from uh, uh, Steve Kerr, and I don't have the soundbite on me, but one of the first things he talked about in the postgame presser was um, how the offensive rebounds concerned him. He cited that as like arguably the, the biggest reason um, why the Warriors lost. And I'm really, really happy he said that because that stuck out to me too. Uh, that was one of the first things I mentioned with, uh, with the Hall of Famer, Rick Barry, who was on with me last night. Um, the, the offensive rebound stat was abysmal. It was, it was to me, the biggest reason why the Kings won because every time the Warriors would get key important defensive stops, bam, offensive rebound, second chance opportunity. And it happened 17 times. The Warriors had nine offensive rebounds. The Kings had 17 Uh, among those Sabonis, even though offensively he didn't do much, only scored 12 points. He did have five of those offensive rebounds. Alex Len, who I was talking about just a moment ago, a player that Jermichael Green could and should match up with, grabbed two uh, of those 17 offensive rebounds. He had seven rebounds total. Uh, Trey, Trey Lyles had two offensive rebounds. Harrison Barnes had four offensive rebounds. And that's one thing where it wouldn't surprise me if we see Andrew Wiggins start in game two, just because he's such a better match on Harrison Barnes, who any Warriors fan long time will remember not only his contributions to the Warriors, but how strong of a, of a wing player he is. Even though he's listed as a small forward, he plays the four efficiently. So he grabbed four of those offensive rebounds, seven total. Keegan Murray, who didn't do much offensively, only, only scored two points. He did have two offensive rebounds as well. Uh, so, that, so that is a category that the team absolutely has to improve on. Um, and now Andrew Wiggins, uh, it was encouraging seeing a play despite the fact he was one for eight from beyond the arc, despite the fact that the Warriors didn't need a three at the end there. Um, Wiggins still overall did play phenomenal for a player that has not played in nearly three months. Um, so why don't we, uh, listen to, uh, some, some comments. Uh, first of all, here's Draymond Green. This was on his podcast today talking about Andrew Wiggins, uh, in his first game back. Wiggins, Wiggins was 
17 points off the bench in 28 minutes. Uh, we're a different team when Wiggs is here. Uh, we're a different team when we got Wiggs out there. And, you know, first game back, uh, he was one for eight from the three with some shots that he normally will hit. And I don't doubt that he's going to hit those. Uh, you know, the first game back, you you don't have your legs under you. Um, you know, and to come back in that intense-ass game, kudos to Wiggs. Uh, we, we need him. Uh, we're going to need him to continue to get better and better and, and at a rapid pace, and I have no doubt he will. Have been looking great in the scrimmages, so it wasn't a shocker to me that he came out getting to it. Says a lot about him and, you know, the things that he was at home dealing with, uh, which is out there now, uh, to, to keep himself in shape and come back for this team uh, ready to go for this run is huge. And, you know, that's something that we can build on. So uh, definitely expecting Wiggs to stay aggressive. What I loved is that he was taking those shots. Uh, regardless if, if the threes went in or not, he kept taking them. Had one in the corner to, to put us up too late in the game. Living with that shot. So uh, great to have Wiggs back. And like I said, he'll continue to get better defensively as well, although he was all over the court on that end, uh, getting some, creating some loose balls and, and uh, you know, came up with some, some rebounds. I like it. And I want to I want to play one more soundbite from Dre. Uh, that's not about Andrew Wiggins, but it's more about what the team did right and what the team did wrong uh, in game one. So here's uh, here's uh, Draymond Green again. Uh, one more clip from his podcast. And you look, you can feel however you want about Draymond's focus on these podcasts. He recorded this last night after the game. Um, so I don't know what else he would be doing. Uh, so I don't know if, if he's recording these after the games. Um, could he be studying film? Maybe, uh, you know, you're not usually working out after a game. So I guess if the choice is either doing a podcast where you're thinking about the game and just expressing it verbally while recording it so you can make some money and build your broadcasting career or just studying film on your own with teammates, is it that, that much of a drop off? I'm going to have faith in Draymond Green and say no. But look, if you have your opinions on it and, and think that he should not be doing his podcast to each their own. But here is. Draymond Green uh, talking about what really killed the Warriors in game one. Very frustrating loss today. Um, I thought we did enough to win the game, and yet I think we have a whole nother level. Well, obviously, we don't do moral victories, uh, so I'm not going to sit here and say we feel good about that. Like, fuck no. De'Aaron Fox finished the game with 38 and five assists. We definitely have to um, do better on Fox. He had five threes, um, and that wasn't really expected, but he shot the ball well. I remember having him on the show and he was saying like he needed to take the shot more. And, um, you know, he took him tonight, he knocked him down. Malik Monk had a game off the bench, 32 points. Uh, De'Aaron Fox may get 38 points, but you can't give up 32 to Malik Monk off the bench. Now Malik's an incredible player. Uh, he, you know, he, he was two for four from the three, so it wasn't three point line, but he got downhill and put a lot of pressure on our defense. Trey Lyles also had a big game off the bench. Uh, Trey Lyles had 17 points off the bench, so there it is right there. Like, you give up 49 points off the bench to two guys. It's hard to overcome that. Uh, 17 offensive rebounds. Uh, we got to, you know, their offense, when they when nobody had nothing going, what kept them in the game was the offensive rebounds. Uh, but we didn't do a good job of that tonight, and ultimately, it ended up costing us the game. Yeah, exactly. And um, and yeah, I agree uh, with Ty Burke, who wrote, uh, who's writing that you're actually calm now uh, after seeing those uh, Draymond attributions. I totally agree. It's, it's a relief seeing 
individuals who have self-awareness, right? I mean, you don't get that enough, in my humble opinion, in this world. Um, so and one last thing, uh, someone wrote uh, someone wrote in the chat about uh, Kevin Herter, who uh, I, I'm guessing was a, also a major focus of the Golden State Warriors defensively because of how easily he can hurt you. Um, in 31 minutes of play, Herter was just 3 of 12 from the field. He was 0 for 5 from beyond the arc and finished with just 6 points. Now, the concern that the person wrote, and I can't find it, I'm sorry, but is that is he is he going to play like that again in Game 2? Hell no. Herter will uh, have much better numbers. There's no way he's going to go 0 for uh, from beyond the arc in Game 2. Um, so the Warriors have to not only figure out how to prevent players like Malik Monk, uh, Trey Lyles, who seems to always eat up the Warriors. It's crazy how so many players just, for some reason, when Golden State comes in town, they just, their eyes light up and, and their performance levels uh, go at an extraordinary level. Uh, so so besides having to worry about a, trails, a Trey Lyles type, a Malik Monk type, um, you also have to make sure that the strategy that was effective on the starters like Sabonis and Kevin Herter maintain uh, effectiveness, right? Because they're going to make adjustments too to probably improve those figures. So it's a little bit concerning in that regard. And, and I'm hoping the adjustment uh, for uh, game two for the Warriors is to at least counter with some more size. It, they have to do, do that. Um, you, you have the talent, you have the personnel on that bench to improve your perimeter defense. And, and what I'm referring to is DiVincenzo, Gary Payton the second who needs more minutes. Uh, Andrew Wiggins is still a solid perimeter defender, even though uh, Draymond Green said he was iffy out there in his first game back after nearly three months. Um, but you also need to get, give Kaminga more minutes. At 6'8", he is one of the only players on your team with size. He has to be out there. So let's hope we see those adjustments for game two. Um, thank you so much for joining me uh, for today's show, for the actual impromptu uh, episode of Locked On Warriors on a late Sunday. Hey, Tommy, I appreciate you with the kind words. Um, and uh, yeah, so, we, so, so we'll be back at this tomorrow night uh, with Kylan Mills. We're going to do a live post-game edition, and let's hope it's celebratory because um, you will see me panicking a little bit for the first time since I first uh, hosted this show. Um, it was the first time where I was, a, I was a, I'm a little, I will be legitimately worried. Uh, the game two in Sacramento is going to be huge. Um, Ty, thank you, sir, as well. Thank you, Ranger. Thank you to everyone else. And again, I'm feeling great about the Golden State Warriors uh, in game two. I'm feeling fantastic about it. Uh, but, but if something happens, you know, there might be a panic button press. Let's hope it doesn't get to the point. Regardless, game one, uh, game two post game, Kylan Mills and I, uh, we'll be uh, hosting tomorrow night and let's go Warriors. Let's hope it happens. Thank you everyone again. Um, and we'll be back.